0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy, and for the next 45 minutes, I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value, and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wages, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by Craig Jones. Craig, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. I hope all is well.
1: Morning, Dan. Yeah, uh, great FA Cup weekend, I thought, last week. A real sort of blast from the past, that Wrexham-Sheffield United game. Not really the result that I wanted, but a proper cup tie. Um, And and the best thing about the FA Cup, I think, is we get to hear Jamie trying to convince us that Spurs are still going to win it for a few more weeks, which is always good. Um, For me, Barnsley didn't play this weekend, but rather than sitting there with the feet up ahead of a very, very busy end to the season, they played inter-squad friendly, which resulted in four goals and four players being taken off injured, including one
0: season-ending injury. So, uh, typical Barnsley at my end where well, it could be typical Spurs as well. Because last, but certainly not least, is Jamie Brown. Jamie, I was going to say it's been a decent last seven days in terms of cut progress, but we've just had the bombshell of Antonio Conte and gallbladder yeah. surgery. So, has the move tilted somewhat?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, obviously, as Spurs fans, we always know we can never have anything nice, which is uh, it's a shame. Um, obviously, best wishes to Antonio. That's, you know, obviously awful news. And uh, it's obviously going to be a big loss for a couple of weeks for Spurs, not having him on the touchline. But, um yeah, look, it, otherwise it has been a fairly good week through into the next round of the FA Cup. You know, you've got to be in it to win it. So, and, and a fairly nice tie in the next round, Sheffield United or Wrexham. Don't think it's the easiest of ties. I think, you know, if, if uh, Sheffield United do come out on top in that replay, I think going to Lane is going to be a, a tricky task. But um, otherwise, you know, I think I think all good at Spurs. Obviously, getting Pedro Porro through the door was was something very important for me. I think that was a, a really good signing. So I'm very happy, but... Um, yeah, obviously it always likes to balance itself out at Spurs and uh yeah, obviously not uh, just really unfortunate news with content. As I said, wish him all the best.
0: Yeah, of course, Antonio, if you are listening on the off chance, do get well soon. But that's all the intros out of the way. Let's get down to business and of course before we start, wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insight. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag. And who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. OK, where should we start first? Let's go to West London and some Friday night football as Chelsea play host to Fulham. Craig, it was the Cottagers who came out on top only recently. Can they do the same at Stamford Bridge?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think this is the easiest game to work out here. As I've said for the past few weeks, I'm really struggling to get a grip on Chelsea. I'm not really prepared to back them against most teams it is sort of the line that I've been using for a few weeks now. And, and that continues here, mainly based on the odds that they are. If you look at the odds, Chelsea are 4-7 to, to win this game, which to me is far, far too short. Um, and what I would rather do is go with the draw here, which is 16-5, to five, which is just over 3-1. to one. Um, Fulham narrowly beaten uh, by Newcastle and Tottenham recently. They drew at home in the Cup against Sunderland. Um, they're not coming here in ideal form. Otherwise, I would be tempted to look at Fulham in this market. Um, they did have that good form behind them when they bet Chelsea a few weeks ago. Like I said, they're not, they've are not. they not got it now. Chelsea continue to struggle. Uh, new signings will help Chelsea, but there's going to be some kind of integration period with all those players that are coming in. Um, I like Mudrick. I thought he showed something when he came on the other day. Um, I just don't think that still might not be enough to win them this game. And more more so because of the odds on offer here. There's, there's no way I would take 4-7 to seven on Chelsea. So, sort of partly because I don't think they're, they're quite there and partly because the odds on offer are very poor. It's um, a small stakes interest in the draw for me. 16-5.
0: to five. Like I said, just over 3-1. to one. I think that's more than fair. Now, Jamie, Chelsea would have had a week off at the weekend after their earlier FA Cup exit. So... Mm. When you consider that Fulham were also in action last Saturday, do you think the additional preparation could aid the Blues before the local derby on Friday?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, this could be an interesting factor in this one. I think it can work both ways. I think, you know, you can go a while without playing a game of football and then, of course, you can be somewhat rusty when you come back and it's a bit of a surprise. Um, but look, I kind of more look at Fulham's form here and obviously, it, you know, they've had a fantastic season so far. Obviously, a team that everyone kind of expected to be fighting relegation, but this year they're very much pushing for a top half finish. But I think over like the recent weeks, I think Craig just mentioned there, they have dropped off a little bit. Obviously, we saw them lose to Newcastle, they lost to Spurs, and then, of course, we saw them draw at home with, with Sunderland in the FA Cup. So, it, there has been a bit of a drop off from Fulham at the moment. Um just in terms of Chelsea, again I'm you know I'm with Craig here in terms of I wouldn't really I'm not sure I would look to back Chelsea. But just given, as I said, the turn in Fulham's form and I think what could be key here is is that obviously it is at Stamford Bridge. And I feel as though there is quite a good feel factor now at Stamford Bridge after um, Enzo Fernandez obviously joining, obviously a British record transfer, I think Chelsea fans will be very excited about that. Obviously, he's not going to play in this one, but um, I, th- I think just having all those new signings there and kind of that really good feeling that they are starting to go in the right direction or they're at least attempting to go in the right direction. I think Chelsea fans will be well up for this one and, um, you know, despite maybe, them not being in the best place, I think that that feel-good back will probably get them over the line here because, as I said, Fulham are struggling themselves somewhat at the moment. So um, I, actually, I, I actually think Chelsea will come on top here.
0: Now, Craig, something to consider before Friday is that there have been under 2.5 goals in seven of Chelsea's last eight league outings. Now, it's currently a flip of a coin in the over-under market as both options are at odds of 10 to 11. So which way does the game go in your opinion?
1: Yeah, I'd certainly be going with the under option in this one. I don't think you would, back if you think Chelsea will win, I don't think you would back them to go wild and score three or four goals in this one. Um, obviously, this, they still do have the question mark over a striker, uh, which I think the, the number of midfielders and wide players they've brought in, they're hoping that masks that, but I don't think it will myself. And I think it's pretty much impossible that Fulham would come here and win by, by many goals. Um, I think When you look at this game, whether you fancy Fulham, whether you fancy a draw like I do, or whether you fancy Chelsea, the scores that appeal to me are 0-0, 1-1, 1-0 either way, and and maybe a 2-0 victory either way. They're the kinds of scores that that I think of when I'm looking at this game, and all of those scores are covered by the under 2.5 market,
0: Um, so yeah, it would definitely be the under for me in this one. Well, Jamie, Chelsea, as we know, have signed a litany of players in the January window. But how does it affect the any time scorer market? If you had to back a blue, where would you go before yeah. Friday?
2: Yeah, well, as I said, I do think Chelsea will just come out on top. And I do think it will probably be like a 1-0 win. Um, the, 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 obviously, the issue for here for, for Chelsea is that they still remain, you know, without that recognised scorer. You know, they've spent a lot of money... But Kai Havertz is the guy who's probably going to be leading the line for them. And uh, that is an issue. Obviously, we know that, you know, they just have been struggling for goals this season. You know, in the top 10, they are the lowest scorers by quite some distance as well. Um, so, as I said, yeah, they relate, they, they're They kind of without that reliable source of goals. so It's a difficult one to pick here. But uh, I'm going to go with Mason Mount here, uh, 21 to 10. Um, I, I think for me... You know just very difficult to kind of pick a, a real obvious goal scorer i mean another one obviously on the on the other side mitchovich um he has gone through with uh three games without a goal um but look i mean he's still a guy who's always capable of getting on the score sheet and uh he's at five to two but yeah as i said for my my chelsea pick mason mount would, would be the guy i'd go with
0: okay let's move to saturday lunchtime and the news that sean Deitch is the new everton manager Craig, he's straight into the fire with a visit of Arsenal on Saturday. But how does 15-2 to sound for the biggest new manager bounce of all? Well, I would love to see him come away with a victory
1: in, uh, in his opening game. I, I don't think that's going to happen. This is not for me. This, And, and to be honest, I-, I already find myself feeling for Sean Dice a little. Uh, no transfer activity on deadline day leaves him with very little to work on. Essentially, Everton have got worse because they've lost Anthony Gordon as well. Um, I don't think Everton fans are forgiving enough to think that their, let's call it, potentially fake bid for Conor Gallagher two days before the deadline is enough to win them round. Um, the big question for me is if they've got £40 million to throw at Conor Gallagher on Monday, why on earth did they not spend that money on Tuesday and try and help Sean Dyche get to where he, where they want the club to be and, and ultimately get him ticking the box as far as his, his main goal of, of saving them from relegation. Uh, it just all seems a strange one to me. With all of this in mind, I just think that there's... There was a very bad feeling around Everton, and that will not have eased in the slightest, despite Dyche coming in. Uh, I think the fans will support Dyche. I think they see him as, as what he is, in many ways, the ideal short-term fix for, for what many clubs would be been looking for at the, bottom of, at the bottom of the league. But he's had nothing from the board. The fans still want the board out. The atmosphere is still bad. That won't help their relegation fight. I think Arsenal will win this game comfortably. Um, and ultimately, Sean Dyche has found himself in a very, very tricky situation. Literally two days after signing.
0: Well, let's bring in Jamie in on that note because, as Craig alluded to, no new signings late in the window in terms of the appointment. Does he have hmm. enough to work with in terms of personnel, or is an eight to thirteen bet for the Toffees to go down still a yeah. good wager?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of was, was leaning towards that way, that they would go down and, you know, looking at Sean Dyche going to Everton, a club like Everton. It really feels as though it's it's just shocking that they're in this position, that they're having to get in a manager like Sean Dyche, who's obviously very much a sign that they just want to stay up this season. It's just kind of shocking, as I said, that a club like Everton is in that state. But I, I do look at it and I, I think he is his style of football and kind of the way he plays, I, I just think he can come in and start getting results. I was very critical of Everton's squad, but I kind of look at it and I, I think he can he can get results on this team straight away. I mean, you look, obviously, Jordan Pickford, a very solid Premier League goalkeeper. You know, you're going to have a back two of Tarkovsky and, and uh, Connor Cody, who I think can form a solid partnership. I think very early stage of the season, we, we saw that somewhat, but it has really dropped off. Then, of course, you've got Coleman, Mikhellenko as, as the two fullbacks. So, I think fairly solid there. The midfield partnership you can have the likes of Anana, uh, who I think's been absolutely, who's been almost the only stand standout player for them this season, and then obviously Adrisia Gay in the middle as well with him. So that that could be a solid partnership there. Then you've got the likes of Damari Gray, Dwight McNeil, obviously a guy who Sean Dyche knows very well as, as the wingers, and then of course you've got Calvert Lewin, who could potentially be that almost that perfect striker for um, for, for Sean Dyche, a guy who, who can hold the ball up, obviously a physical player. So I actually kind of looking through this team, I think it maybe does kind of suit the way that Sean Dyche plays and, and maybe can line up in a in a solid four four two. So I, I think that Sean Dyche can come in and start getting results. But um, I don't think it's going to be anything too emphatic. I still think they're going to be fighting for the rest of the season, very much fighting um, just to stay up. But uh, I think that he will, in the end, keep them up because I kind of look at the squad and I think he can set it up in a way that uh, that, that does get them results pretty quickly.
0: Now, Craig, when you consider that each of the bottom four have already changed their managers, at least one of those clubs is still going to go down regardless of managerial change. So with it being so cutthroat at the bottom, do you reckon Messrs. Rogers, Moyes and Marsh will soon be on notice for their own potential departures? Yeah, I think it's fair to say that all three are at risk over the coming weeks. And um, they, they
1: probably know that. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying anything groundbreaking here. The issue that those clubs have is if they pull the trigger and, and let's say that one of those managers or or more than one of those managers goes at the end of February, then finding someone at that point isn't easy. Whoever comes in isn't able to bring any players with them and they've got to work with the same group that's essentially already failed and and fail in. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if if one of those three that you mentioned was sacked before the end of the season. Um, I do keep looking at Jesse Marshall at Leeds and and keep questioning him. Probably is the the one out of the three where I really think that he's under the most pressure Um, but whoever goes into Leeds if that's what Leeds decide to do or if that's what the other two clubs decide to do it's a tough job Uh, the pool of managers available is smaller and when you think that the closer to the end of the season you get the more you need someone to come and make an immediate impact and is there anyone out there better than Sean Dyche for that and have they like missed the boat by not getting him in you know i i I like the appointment of Nathan Jones at Southampton, but if you just wanted someone to firefight and get you to the end of the season, keep in the Premier League and reevaluate in the summer, have the three teams that you mentioned lost the best candidate for that. I don't think any of them, for example, will go after Frank Lampard and get him in to uh, to do that job um so yeah i think I think at least one of them will get sacked. I think they're all at risk. I do think that whoever goes into those clubs, especially if they're in in the relegation zone by then will find it very, very difficult. Nobody can come in. And like I say, maybe they've already lost out on the, the, the best man for that short-term job in dice
0: who's gone to Everton. Yeah, it's a fantastic point you make is in that it's all about timing when it comes to managerial change. And as you say, the three clubs or the three managers you just mentioned, their clubs have probably just missed the boat and now you're looking at firefighters, you're looking down the list, there isn't really any. So they're in that kind of position where do they stick, do they twist? And if they do twist, are they going to be better for it? That's the big question that needs to be asked and if results go against those three clubs they may need to ask that question rather quickly but Jamie I'm going to ask you a question that being Saturday's match at Goodison how do you see it panning out from a half-time full-time point of view?
2: Yeah do you know what I actually think there's going to be a new manager bounce at Everton on the weekend Um, I think you know Sean Dyche as I mentioned earlier I think he's got the potential to come in and start getting results right away you know again I, I look through that Everton squad and I just see players that are in there who are capable of you know who have that Premier League experience I think they're capable of playing in a, in a Sean Dyche system as well. Um, and I think they're going to just make this one very tricky for, for Arsenal. Obviously, it's an away trip to Goodison Park at 12.30. So, it's, it's a very awkward one for the Gunners. In Venice to, to Arteta's team, you know, I think there's been a lot of times this season where, you know, this was, you know, there was many games that people were saying, right, well, this is where they're going to drop points. You know, Spurs away, obviously Manchester United at home. Uh, you know, games against Newcastle as well. I think that that's when people were kind of always saying they were going to drop points, but they've overcome all these these challenges. So, um, yeah, there is obviously that caveat, but I really do believe that Sean Dyche will come in. He'll, he'll kind of get a result here on the weekend. And I think this is going to be a bit of a boring one. I actually think this will play that was a goalless draw. Um, so I'm going to go for a half-time draw and a draw at full-time as well, uh, which you can get at six
1: to one.
0: It's a big shout there. Right, we're going to go bet building now. And Tottenham are playing host to Manchester City on Sunday afternoon. We are going to look to construct another winner. Which means, Craig, you're up first, as always. i like an any-time goal scorer from you, please. Yeah, I'm going to go with Hyung min
1: Son at 3-1 to one here. Uh, I think he just adds a bit of value to this bet. This City defence, they, they can be got at. You know, we saw Spurs score twice against them when they played a few weeks ago. And, and I do think that Spurs are more than capable of scoring again here. Um, you would probably say that Son's had a pretty terrible year by his very high standards, but there are two things that, that are going for him here that, that sort of make him stand out for me. The first is that he scored twice last weekend in the FA Cup. A timely confidence boost for a player who's always at his best when everything's going his way. And, and you know, you, you may say that he's not one for a fight, but but when things are going his way and when he's got his head in the right frame, man, he's brilliant, And and hopefully those two goals help with that. Uh, secondly, I think Spurs are likely to soak up a lot of pressure here and try and hit City on the break. Something they did with, with good effect in that first half before City came back in the game a few weeks ago. To me, Son's their best player at getting out, quickly breaking and taking them forward and running at people. So I do see him being involved in, in a lot of Tottenham attacks in this game. So at 3-1, to one, I just think he adds good value. I do think Spurs will score. Um, so I'm going to go with Son to score at 3-1.
0: to one. OK, then Jamie, as always, I'd like the over-under on the goals, please.
2: Yeah, I think this is going to be a really exciting game. Actually, I'm going to go for over 3.5 goals. I think we get obviously we saw six goals in the last time these two teams met, um, and I'm kind of expecting more of the same here. Um, you know, again, Craig kind of mentioned there with um, you know both defenses very much shaky at the moment. I think for Manchester City, they're not really kind of been their usual selves. For Spurs, obviously conceded the most Premier League goals since October, which is which is obviously a really kind of damning stat for where the defence is at. Manchester City, they've kept just two clean sheets in their last eight league matches as well. So I think Spurs can get on the score sheet here. So, um, yeah, I mean, and then, and then of course you consider both teams' attacks, obviously Kulisevsky, Kane and Son for, for Spurs. And then, of course, you're going to have Erling Haaland as, as that vocal point for Manchester City. Um, and, and, and De Bruyne, I'm sure, will be kind of you know supplying him so um yes i'm, I'm fancy lots of goals here and i could go for over 3.5
0: okay then i'm going to stay with goals but i'm going to look at it from a half perspective and i'm going to go to the half with the most goals market now looking at how these two teams played a couple of weeks ago there was a huge flurry of activity after the interval immediately it was all one-way traffic but still much more goals in the second half add the fact that players naturally get more tired after the break. And to me, more goals in the second half at odds of 20 to 21 should add a bit more meat to the bones. Okay, then just to recap our three picks. Craig has gone for Min Song to score any time. Jamie's gone for over 3.5 total goals. And I've gone for the most goals to be scored in the second half. Odds of 12 to 1 for this one, which means if you put £10 on the betting slip, you get £130 in your back pocket. A nice big one to start February. I hope it gets over the line for you. I hope it gets over the line for us. But let's have a quick chat about the game itself now. And Craig, these two teams met recently in the Premier League, and although City were on the ropes, they did eventually win four-two at the Etihad. Will they be able to do a double over Antonio Conte's men?
1: Yes, sort of. Sadly for you two. I do think that City will win this game, and I will give the advantage to them. I do think that sort of everything we've just mentioned in the bet builder about goals and Spurs scoring goals, um, I think will all be true. Um, we saw sort of the best and. Not so good. I wouldn't say worse, but not so good maybe of City in the first game recently. Uh, poor in the first half and, and outstanding and clinical in the second half. I'm expecting goals at both ends, but ultimately more from, from Manchester City. Um, if you look at the odds of City winning 7-10, to 10, but I think this is a, a game where you can easily add a bit more value to that and, and going down the goals route. Because I, I do think that the vast majority of people will see goals in this one. Um, City with both teams to score is 21-10. to 10 or a City win with over 2.5 goals is 7-5, to and they both appeal to me, sort of depending on what you think about Tottenham scoring. Um, I just think that it'll be a good game. I think Tottenham will give a good account of themselves. I think they'll get on the score sheet. I think they'll be in it, but ultimately City will come out on top and just have that little bit too much quality
0: and uh, maybe a slight edge to take them forward and get three points. Now, Jamie, we must not forget that Spurs have won each of the last four home meetings between the two sides in all competitions, that being the Champions League and three Premier League visits. So, how does 18-5 to five sound for number five on Sunday?
2: <laughs> um, yeah, not very good, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I, d- I don't particularly fancy Spurs' chances here. I mean, it, it's been very strange Manchester City's record at the new stadium. As you said, they've lost kind of all those four matches there. Um, but then... You just have to kind of look at Spurs' recent home record, um, where they've lost four of their last five games in N17. And that that's just a really kind of shocking stat and uh, just not filming with very much hope at all. Obviously, we spoke about content at the start of the show. He's not going to be on the touchline. I do think that will be a big factor for Spurs. Um, and, you know, with Manchester City, of course, rocking up, obviously, uh, coming off the back of a, a 1-0 win over Arsenal, obviously, beating Wolves as well, 3-0 comfortably. Um you know, that 4-2 win as well against Spurs in the previous meeting. So, you know, they're going to be coming in with, with a bit more confidence now. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, I think, obviously, had this really good run against Man City at the new stadium. But uh, I do think this is where it comes to an end.
0: Now, Craig, if I was to offer you 3-1 to one for any goal in the first 10 minutes on Sunday, would you be bold enough to take me up on the offer?
1: I think it's a fair price, Dan. And I sort of, I think the... Moral of the story that we 've given so far is that we, we all believe there 'll be goals in this game. The one concern I would have with this is how much will Tottenham actually do in the first ten minutes? Will they see it as getting through the first ten minutes and soaking the pressure up before they start being a little bit more adventurous on the break and pushing people forward themselves um, it 's three to one, and you know every bet at three to one 's got some risk attached to it that 's why it 's three to one um, but, but I think it has potential. I just worry that how much Tottenham will do and you, you may be putting your eggs in, in the basket of City getting a fast start and scoring themselves in this one. Um, but certainly got potential. And at
0: 3-1, to one I, think it, I think it's fair at 3-1. to one. Now, Jamie, in terms of Harry Kane, rested at the weekend due to illness. Fit and ready to go for Sunday, though. Are you backing him at odds of 13-8 to eight to finally become Tottenham's all-time scorer?
2: Yeah, look, obviously it's strange. As, as much as I do think Manchester City will go and win this one, again, I mentioned and we've all said going to be plenty of goals here. Obviously, Manchester City haven't kind of been their usual self defensively. Um, so I'm actually very confident that he does break the record here. Um, I, I think it's very much kind of set up for him, obviously being at home and looking ahead to the FA Cup matches. Uh, you know, it didn't. Obviously, it wouldn't have been so special to do it against Preston, but to kind of do it at home against Manchester City, I think that that would kind of be the the special occasion. Um, and I think as well, Harry Kane. We, you know, we saw him get that brace last season at the Etihad against Manchester City. It does very much feel as though he he now wants to do well in these games against City. Obviously, he had that transfer which he just missed out on. Um, I think there's obviously been a lot of talk. You know, that, that Kane doesn't usually step up in the big matches and. Um, I think we saw it at the um, at the Etihad earlier this season, I think in the first half he was very good. Obviously he got the assist um, for the first goal as well um, and I think he's going to be really motivated for this game. I think a strange thing with him as well is that I do believe he's going to commit to the club and I think he will end up signing a new contract and I think he's going to be desperate to kind of really push Spurs to get back into the top four this season again. Um, so. I think he's going to be really mo- I think we're going to see a, a very highly motivated Harry Kane on the weekend and I think he will get on the score sheet but uh, as I said do unfortunately think it will be in the defeat.
0: Right, it's time for our long shot again out. We go anywhere in the world on the hunt for odds between 2 to 1 and 5 to 1. So Jamie, you're up first this week. What have you got for me?
2: Yeah, I'm going to look ahead to the Milan derby uh, and I'm going to go for Inter Milan to beat AC um, and over 2.5 goals, which you can get at two to one. Um, for AC Milan, it's kind of fallen apart a bit over the last couple of weeks. Um, Stefan Pioli's side uh, they failed to win um, in their, all of the in their last four. Uh, they've lost two in a row now. Um, at the weekend, they, were, they lost 5 to uh, the, the San Siro against Swassolo. Um They're also missing key players as well. Mike Mignon's out at, mo- at the moment. Uh, Tamori is another player who's been missing. So, you know, key injuries, really poor form for AC Milan. Um, Inter, they've been pretty good over the last couple of weeks themselves. Uh, they've they've won three out of their last five in, in Serie A. So, they're a team that are going in the right direction. AC Milan very much um, kind of struggling at the moment. So, um, I'm going to go for an Inter Milan win and over 2.5 goals at 2-1. to one.
0: That's a solid start. Craig, what have you got up your sleeve? I'm going to the Championship for my
1: pick, and I'm going to go with Huddersfield to beat QPR at 21-10. to 10. I'm going to go for Huddersfield to get a much-needed win. They play at home against QPR on Saturday. Uh, they've improved a little recently, Huddersfield, though they still do remain in the relegation zone. Uh, one two and drawn one from the last five games, so things are slightly picking up. Uh, defeats have come against Luton Who are up there in the playoffs Playing very well And Coventry a good team on the day um, QPR are mid-table But key with QPR is, is that they've now not won for six games And they've got just one league Winning the last 13 uh, This is a team that's living off A strong start to the season And will be in a much worse position Had it not been for that strong start um, given the need for points right now for Huddersfield, slight improvements that we've seen. They're just over 2-1 to one for a home win. There's a lot of stake
0: here and they're a bit too big to ignore for me. So it's Huddersfield to beat QPR, the big one for me. OK, then. I'm off to Goodison Park as Everton play host at Arsenal. And I'll be honest, I'm someone who absolutely loves new manager bounce. If there's a new man in charge, I'm all over it, which means step forward, Sean Dyche. When in charge of Burnley, his team would be a constant fall in Arsenal's side. And I have a feeling they may frustrate the Gunners on Saturday. That being Everton, of course. I'm not going all out for the win, but I am having the draw. Odds are 7-2. to two. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's look at some more Premier League headlines now. And I think we need to go to Molyneux as Liverpool travel to Wolves. Craig, they were dumped out of the cup last Sunday. Would you be wary of backing the Reds to win on the road? Odds of 5-6.
1: Yeah, I certainly would, Dan. Yeah, and in, in a sort of similar fashion to Chelsea and what we've been speaking about with Chelsea, I'm wary around Liverpool at the moment. Uh, something that I've said for a few weeks, I have also said I thought it would get better, um, but unfortunately, I'm still sort of yet to see it really from them. Uh, Liverpool without a win from the last three league games, and like you say, they lost in the Cup against Brighton last weekend. Uh, Wolves that are sort of pushing themselves upwards and becoming hard to beat. Um, the, the key for Wolves at the minute from what I've seen is not necessarily their ability to win games but they're making themselves hard to beat they've picked up valuable points that they're edging towards the road to safety and they're outside the relegation zone as we go into the weekend um, I don't think they're quite good enough to, to come here and, and win this game but as I've said they are becoming hard to beat and I like the draw here for that reason um, I think it's a result that the home side would be happy to take obviously Liverpool wouldn't but Wolves would be happy with a draw um, it's 11-4, to four, almost 3-1. to one. I think that offers quite solid value against a, a Liverpool team who are just sort of still not quite there and, and still have questions
0: to answer. By the same token, Jamie, because of Liverpool's recent woes, does Wolves in a double-chance market, odds of 10-11, to 11 sound tempting to you?
2: Um, Potentially. Um, the only thing I kind of look at with this one is Wolves' home form. And uh, it's been really poor recently. They've lost four of their last five games at Molyneux. So their home form has, has been really shocking there. Um, they've also just got two wins in the last 10 matches as well. So they're not really a team that are kind of getting wins on the board either. Um, but look, obviously, this is a Liverpool side who have, have suffered yet another injury blow. Obviously, uh, Canate, uh, I think, is the latest guy to, to pick up an injury. And, you know, the Reds obviously now light in, in all areas of the, the, the pitch now. So, um, yeah, there is obviously that big concern. But I actually think this will play out in a very similar way that the FA Cup um, Replay went, obviously, a 1-0 win for Liverpool. And I do fancy the same here. Um, as I said, just given Wolves is such poor recent home form, um, I think we'll kind of see it played out in a, in a similar fashion. And uh, I do actually think Liverpool will just about edge this one, um, despite their recent woes.
0: Well, Craig, you can double your money if you were to back under 2.5 total goals. Is there a tiny bit of value before kickoff? Yeah, I definitely think there is. And, and I think
1: if you were sort of asking me for maybe a, a best bet on this game, then this would be it. Um, I don't think Wolves will give too much away. Liverpool have got attacking talent in their lineup, but they're not clicking right now. Um, sort of in many ways, as we sort of spoke about the Chelsea game, whatever you fancy here, if you fancy a Liverpool win, a Wolves win, or a draw, it's score lines such as 0 0, 1 1, 1 0, either way, that, that we're all talking about. And. Um, Whatever you sort of think in this game, I just think that a lack of goals is something that many people will agree on. Certainly something that I like. Um, so, yeah, under 2.5 goals would, would probably be my best bet for this one. I, I do think it'll be a draw, 0-0, 1-1, but, but I could see either side nicking it
0: 1-0 as well. Now, Jamie, in terms of any time goals, Mo Salah is the favourite at odds of 8-5. to But when you look at his recent form, is this also a bet to be wary of?
2: Yeah, I mean, definitely. Failed to score in five of his last six matches. So, you know, a player who is really out of form. But then you kind of look elsewhere for for other goals. And, you know, Jürgen Klopp's team, they've really been missing the absence of a a clinical goal scorer. Canate is the only Liverpool player to score in in the Reds' last four matches as well. So, you know, that really kind of shows you that they are just struggling for goals at the moment, Liverpool. Um, As I said, I do think they will just edge this one. I'm really feeling a one 0 win for Liverpool here. Um, I'm 100% with Craig in terms. of I do think this will be a low-scoring one. Um, I'm going to go for Darwin Nunez um, to, to, as my pick here at seven to four. Um, obviously, he's you know he has struggled for goals this season, but there has been times when I do think he gets into good positions. I think just his presence usually creates a lot of chances for Liverpool. Um, I think you know he, he is still kind of a useful player to have. Um, despite maybe a lack of goals at the moment, and uh, I think he'll be the guy to kind of give Liverpool the edge here um, and, and and get that winning goal. Uh, so I'm going to go for Darwin Nunes at uh, seven to four anytime.
0: Okay, and let's stay in the Midlands as Aston Villa play host to Leicester. And Craig, is this one as simple as backing the home win odds of 19 to 20? It certainly is for me, yeah. And and I think sort of however you look at this from
1: which, from whichever side, there are reasons to back Aston Villa to win the game. And there are also reasons why you would want to be against Leicester. Um, Pretty much against anyone, I think, at the minute. So Leicester picked up a point against Brighton in the last game. But other than that, they've been absolutely dreadful since the World Cup. Um, We spoke about Leicester before the World Cup, how they found their feet, worried that the World Cup would maybe derail them a bit. And that's exactly what's happened, really. A a very narrow win over League Two Walsall last weekend in the Cup. Didn't really give me any further hope for their fans. Um, They're struggling right now, you know. Compare that to Aston Villa. Aston Villa are getting better. They're looking well defensively. Uh, they're scoring goals. They've got a team identity. They're difficult to beat. They were unbeaten in the league in January under Unai Emery. Um, in that period, wins over Spurs, Leeds and Southampton. So a good win against Spurs and a, a win over two teams who are fighting for points in, Le- in Leeds and Southampton. Um, I just think
0: everything points to an Aston Villa win here. And, and I do worry a bit for Leicester. Now Jamie, there's no doubt that Aston Villa are beginning to click under Unai Emery and because of this they are now 8-11 to to finish in the top half of the Premier League table. Is this something that piques your interest at all?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, obviously such a shrewd appointment by Astavilla Villa getting in Unai Emery. I think he's such a great tactician. Um, I think it was very unfortunate it didn't work out Arsenal for him and obviously his, his previous Premier League job. But you look at the other managerial positions he's had, obviously Saviri did very well. PSG did enjoy some success as well there. Um, and Vitabria, of course, winning the Europa League there and, and doing well in the Champions League. So Yeah, I I think with Aston Villa, I think it's almost kind of the perfect match, really. Um, I think he's found kind of a club where there isn't a great deal of pressure, obviously, like he found that maybe Arsenal and PSG, where he was less successful. But it's also a club where, you know, they are still an ambitious club. You know, you look at the way they've backed him in the transfer market. You look at the way that they've tried to go in the transfer market over the last couple of years as well. I think they've been an an ambitious club. And, um, you know, he's wasted very little time in terms of getting his message across and, and, uh, you know, that just kind of shows you how strong a manager he is and, and kind of tactically so good. Um, obviously, five wins from seven league matches and just one defeat as well. So a really solid start there. Um, and, yeah, again, a team, as Craig mentions, very difficult to beat. And uh, obviously, flying, go, definitely going in the right direction at the moment. So, um, yeah, I do firmly believe they will finish in the top 10 this season.
0: Right, let's look at another Derby now, this time on the south coast. And we're off to the Amex. Craig, Brighton to beat Bournemouth is just odds of one to three. It's unlikely to get the listeners excited. Is there another bet that can? Yeah, I do fancy a comfortable Brighton win here. As you
1: said, the odds on offer are not very good. But I do think this will be a relatively simple task for them. Um, In terms of value, when I think of Brighton at the minute, I sort of almost instantly think about goals. Um, In the last five games... In the league, uh, four have seen over 3.5 goals. The only game that didn't see more than that was a 3-0 victory for Brighton over Liverpool, so it wasn't far off. Um, they're scoring for fun, but they are prone to conceding a goal here and there. Um, the over 3.5 pick is where I would go here. It's 7-4. to I think the stats point towards it from um, that sort of point of view. My hope is that we can sort of get Bournemouth to nick one somewhere along the line. Um, if you want something at a longer, longer price, then sort of feeding into that. I have looked at a Brighton correct score of three one to Brighton, which is 12 to one. that would take my interest. but I just see goals here, and I think we do need Bournemouth to score one to get it over the over 3.5 pick. Um, so
0: yeah, over three point five goals, three one to Brighton. there are two things that sort of caught my eye when I out at this game. Well, Jamie, we spoke a couple of weeks ago about Bournemouth just needing a point to reset after a bad run of results. They managed that at home to Nottingham Forest recently, but is 17-4 to too big an ask for them to get another draw at Brighton?
2: Yeah, I think there's, as you said, it's just too big a task. This one for them, obviously, a, a Brighton team that are just flying at the moment. Obviously, very high on confidence as well. Um, you know, especially after that another win over Liverpool on the weekends. Um, obviously, had a pretty successful transfer window. Obviously, keeping Moses Casado was was a big thing for them as well. So. Um, Look, I mean, obviously, the feel-good factor at the Amex is just, you know, through the roof at the moment. So, um, you know, I think you consider that and just the way they are playing. Obviously, Matoma, goes who's flying at the moment. Um, Yes, I I think this is going to be a a very difficult afternoon for Bournemouth. And uh, I think this will end up being a comfortable win for for Brighton.
0: Okay, then, before we move on any further, I'm looking for some quick-fire correct score bets. I want the outcome spot on, but this time, I'm giving you the matches. And we've all got two each this week. With that in mind, Craig, you're up first. Aston Villa versus Leicester. How do you see this one panning out?
1: I'm going to go with a 2-0 victory for Aston Villa and Aston Villa to show that they've got too much for the
0: Foxes as they continue to move in the right direction under Unai Emery. Fantastic. Jamie, you've got Manchester United versus Crystal Palace. (laughs) What have you got there?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go for the same scoreline here. I'm going to go for 2-0. Um, I think worth remembering, Crystal Palace have kind of picked up a little bit over the last couple of weeks. Obviously got that, that draw against Man- Manchester United in the previous meeting um, at Selhurst Park and of course they drew uh, with Newcastle as well. So it's been a, 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 you know, a bit of a turnaround in form for them. Um, but look, obviously Manchester United, Old Trafford, still going to be a difficult one. So I don't think it's going to be an emphatic Man United win, but uh, I do think it'll be a Man United win nonetheless.
0: OK, I've got Wolves-Liverpool up first and I'm going to go for a one-all draw. I just, as Craig sort of said, really, I can't see Liverpool clicking enough. And I feel Wolves are looking far more stubborn at the moment. So split points on that one. Craig, back to you. Newcastle versus West Ham, please. Continuing the 2-0 theme. 2-0 to
1: Newcastle in this one. Um, Newcastle too strong for West Ham and they can continue their good defensive record by keeping West Ham quiet and linking in their victory with a clean sheet. 2-0 to
0: Newcastle. OK, then, Jamie, back to you. You've got Nottingham Forest versus Leeds.
2: Yeah, I think this could be quite an exciting one and, and one with plenty of goals. I'm going to go for two all here. Um, I think, you know, Nottingham Forest, they're a side who have gone, I think, in six home games Um, without a defeat now. So a a strong run there. But I think Leeds as well. I think uh, two draws in in their last two. Um, And uh, there's been some some pretty interesting results there for Leeds. So I don't think they're going to lose this one. And I'm going to go for a draw at 2 all.
0: Okay, then. I've got Tottenham versus Manchester City to finish the six. And I'm going to go with a 2-1 Man City win. We spoke about Spurs' great record against City at the new stadium. Unfortunately, I see that run coming to an end. I do see Harry Kane getting his goal. But I think Man City will get three points in terms of the title race of the season. So bad news if you're a Tottenham fan, but that's our six scores for the week, and of course check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, there's plenty more Premier League headlines to pop up and next up we're off to the Brentford community stadium. The Bees are unbeaten in their last day and Craig, how does seventeen to twenty for the home win sound to you? Yeah, Brentford for me in
1: this one. I like that. Um I think it's probably fair to say that I do like Southampton more than most people. Can't see past Brentford here. They continue to play very well. Uh, they 're unbeaten in the Premier League in the last eight games, four wins and four draws, uh, recent wins over Bournemouth, Liverpool, and West Ham since Christmas and I just think that although I do think Southampton are getting better with each week under Nathan Jones, uh, Brentford are going to have too much for them here. This is a really tough place to visit at the minute, Brentford, um, so yeah, definitely them for the win
0: and Jamie if you 're looking at this game from a both teams to score point of view, you can get yes at four to five, no at nineteen to twenty. How does this one pan out for mm-hmm. you?
2: Yeah, look, I'm very much set on both teams to score no here. Um, I think Southampton, they've failed to score in 40% of their away games this season. So a team that have kind of struggled on the road for goals um, as well. I think Brentford, they've kept three clean sheets in the last four as well. So a side who defensively have been very, very strong. Um, so, yeah, I think everything kind of points towards a Brentford win to nil here, uh, which you can get at nine to four.
0: Lovely. Next up, we're off to Old Trafford. Manchester United play to Crystal Palace. Craig, it was a recent draw at Selhurst Park. What about 15-4 to four for another stalemate between the two? Uh, no, I don't think so this time around. I'm, I'm very much on the same lines of what
1: Jamie's mentioned about Manchester United before. I do think Crystal Palace have got enough so that they don't go there and get embarrassed and beaten easily. But I do think that Manchester United can win this one uh, fairly comfortably. The 2-5 the to five on offer doesn't sort of bring much value in, but Manchester United minus one on the handicap line is 11-10. to 10. So to win by two goals or more... Um, I, I can envisage a 2-0 victory, no problem. It may stretch to 3-0. Um, I don't think Crystal Palace will get embarrassed, but I do think Manchester United will have far more than enough to uh,
0: to get over the line in this one. Now, Jamie, if you were to look at this game from a result and goals point of view, what combined mm. outcome are you looking at before Saturday?
2: Yeah, well, obviously, my my prediction, I had 2-0 for Manchester United. And uh, look, Man United wins nil, at 11-10. Uh, Man United win and under 2.5 goals. Um, as I said, I, I think Crystal Palace will come here and, and give a good account of themselves. So I don't think it's going to be an emphatic United win. So, you know, maybe a United win and a and few goals, uh, I think could be good value. Um, and as I said, you can get that at 12 to 5. Um, I think as well, you know, just on Palace, I think it's just worth considering. Obviously, since they lost 4 0 to Spurs, um, I think that, you know, they, they did lose at Stamford Bridge, but they were very unfortunate to do so. Um, obviously, they got those impressive draws against Manchester United and Newcastle in the last two. So, you know, maybe a sign that they are starting to turn the corner a bit. Um, but I think it would just be a case of where they do make it maybe a hard fought win for Manchester United. And, and, and also something where. Again, so kind of, I don't think it's going to be an emphatic United win because United, they've got, obviously got this, this really difficult run of so many games coming up over the next couple of months. Um, obviously, they're going to play Nottingham Forest um, on Wednesday evening as well. So, with so much football coming up for Man United, I think it'll be a case of getting the win here, but I think they won't want to expend too much energy. So, um, yeah, everything kind of points towards a United win, but a low scoring one. And uh, I do like the look of the United win and under 2.5 goals at 12-5. Uh, to 5.
0: Top shot there. I'd have to agree. But we're off to Tyneside next as Newcastle simply don't concede goals. So, Craig, with that in mind, how does a home win over West Ham 2 nil at odds of 11-8 to 8 sound to you?
1: Yeah, definitely. And um, when I sort of chose Newcastle to win 2-0 as the correct score that we just mentioned a few minutes ago, this, this is the first bet that sort of came into my head thinking about that game afterwards. Um, they're so strong defensively, you know, that... Newcastle have they've, they've built a team that is capable of scoring goals, but they've made sure that they put an emphasis on on their line and the foundations that they they put together. Um, and I think that's been sort of key to their success, really, in many ways. You know, Eddie Howe did, does deserve credit for that. He's not just focused on bringing in big names and attacking talent. He's he's built what I would call a complete team almost. Um, West Ham are not in great form at the minute, you know, and, and I don't really see anything other than a Newcastle win here. Um, but I'm also on top of that struggling to see how West Ham score past them. So, yeah, when you combine the two, 11 to 8, I think it's very fair. Um, Yeah, a comfortable day for Newcastle, combined with yet another clean sheet for them.
0: Now, Jamie, if you're looking at the any time scorer market before Saturday, what Newcastle player stands out of the crowd for you?
2: Yeah, I mean, at the moment with with Newcastle, this seems like a bit of a tricky task because they've they've failed to score in in three of their last four games. Um, In that that game that they did win and they did score, um, it was a very late goal from Alexander Isak. Um, of course, you know, and then they've, they've had these Carabao Cup semi-finals against Southampton. In the in the first leg of that, they only managed to score once against a, a really poor Southampton team. So they are a team at the moment who have been struggling for goals um, and and don't seem to have that kind of that emphatic goal score at the moment. Or someone who who really does stand out. Obviously, Miguel Amaron a couple of weeks ago was, was someone who was, was really flying, but he has dropped off a little bit. So I think that the, the only obvious pick for me at the moment would be Callum Wilson. Um, you know, I, I, I really like Ale, Alexander Rizak and I think eventually he'll come into the team and, and be that number one striker. But at the moment, uh, Callum Wilson, he's been the guy who's been starting up front. Uh, I think Alexander Rizak came on the pitch um, uh, against Southampton and uh, actually went off. It looks like that might have been an injury, so even more case for Callum Wilson to start on the weekend. Um, and uh, as I said, yeah, uh, Callum Wilson would be my pick here because um, I think he's going to lead the line for Newcastle and you can get him at 11-8 to to score any time.
0: Right, finally, we're off to the city ground as Nottingham Forest for host to Leeds. Craig, I've currently got 31-20 to for a home win. Does that seem a bit overpriced as far as you are concerned?
1: Yeah, I think it does, yeah. I, I wouldn't be overly surprised with, with any outcome from this game. I don't think there's, there's a shock as such in there. Um, but I do think I'm leaning towards Forest to win this one. They arrive in better form than Leeds. They're unbeaten in the last four games. Uh, Leeds haven't won in their last six. Um, home points will be crucial for the survival hopes of Nottingham Forest. And that's sort of been what they've built upon in the last few weeks when they have moved up the table and, you know, away from the relegation zone. Uh, recently at home, they've beaten Leicester and Crystal Palace. They've picked up a point against Chelsea as well. So you, you could probably say that, if you, you know, seven points from those three games is an overachievement for Forest um, this will be marked down as a winnable game for them. And I think given the recent form, there's every reason to believe that they can go out and win it. Leeds are sort of, they show glimpses in games, but they also show signs of being very bad, especially defensively. It wouldn't surprise me if this was a fun game with a few goals. But ultimately, I do think that Forrest are the team that
0: can come out on top and take all three points. Well, Jamie, we do need to consider that Leeds have not lost any of their mm. last six. They have drawn three, though, so it's not all bad. You mentioned a two-all draw just moments ago. So, mm. at 12-5, to five, is that the way you are going?
2: Yeah, I mean, this is such an interesting game, actually, because I think it's, it's going to be a really t- a tricky one for Leeds here because Forest are a side who have picked up recently, obviously undefeated in four. Um, they've won two of their last three as well. Um, and at home, they have been really impressive recently, uh, Nottingham Forest. Um, they're undefeated in in six home matches, so I, th- I don't think Leeds are going to come here and win. Um, and then, then you look at Leeds' recent form as well. It's just one win in nine away matches all season. So you know they've not been great on the road. But then you then you look at Leeds' very recent form in terms of you know they've, in the last four matches they've, they've secured three very impressive draws and um, they managed to keep West Ham. At a draw Newcastle and Brentford at draws as well so obviously two teams there who have been really flying at the moment and they've managed to, to draw with them so I, I do think this one will play out as a draw but uh, yeah it's going to be a, a very interesting one because Forest at home have been really impressive recently so um, I think they're going to make it a very tricky one for Leeds here
0: OK it's time for our final bit of business it's the odds on threefold we'll pick a leg each we combine it into an acca we'll try and go for bets over one to two but less than evens and let's see if we can get another winner over the line, which means, Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm going to the championship, and I'm going with
1: Middlesbrough to beat Blackpool, uh, available at 8-15 this weekend. So Middlesbrough suffered a defeat against near-rival Sunderland two weeks ago, and, and I was sort of slightly concerned as to how they would react from that, but they bounced back in great style last weekend. They beat a fellow promotion hopeful, Watford. Um, they've got eight wins from the last ten, including a 3-0 win away from home over Blackpool in that period. They've stylishly moved up the table under Michael Carrick to become genuine sort of promotion candidates now in the Championship. Um, Blackpool, down in the relegation zone, they're without a win from the last 10 games. They're finding life this season much tougher than what they did last year. I do think that the Championship is are, are a slightly better standard this year. They're a club that's heading in the wrong direction. Um, and then they're going up against a club that's definitely heading in the right direction. And everything's sort of pointing up for Middlesbrough. So it's Middlesbrough to win this one for me. And Jamie, what have you got up
0: your sleeve?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go for Arsenal versus Everton and I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals in this one um, at evens. I think this is going to obviously a 12.30 kickoff as well. So I think that that could play a factor in terms of maybe both teams, um, you know, kind of struggling for goals in this one. But uh, I-, I mentioned at the start, kind of the start of the show, I do think that Sean Dyche is going to come in and look to make it very difficult here for Arsenal. Um, of course, it would not surprise me at all if Arsenal were to just nick this one. But um, I, I, as I said, I do think this one will play out as a goalless draw. Um, again, I think Arsenal could maybe nick it 1-0 if they are to win it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think kind of all the outcomes for me, um, I think a draw is, is very much possible. Of course, an Arsenal win is, is obviously possible. But I, I really do think it'd be a low scoring one, whatever happens. So, uh, under 2.5 goals in this one at evens.
0: I'm off to Tyneside as Newcastle play host to West Ham. The Magpies have not only gone unbeaten in their last 15 Premier League outings, but they will be flying after booking their EFL Cup final appearance at the end of the month. While David Moyes' men have been boosted by a cup win of their own on Monday, they have still lost seven of their last ten away league outings this season. And for that reason, I'm backing the home win odds of 8-13. to Right, that brings us to full time, so I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the FreeBets website. And now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. Craig, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Yeah, thanks very much for that, Dan. Yeah, I think there's some good
1: sort of storylines to look forward to this weekend. on Dice at uh, at Everton, the Tottenham Man City
0: clash, which should be full of goals. And and also Nottingham Forest Leeds, another game that should be full of goals. So, yeah, really looking forward to the football. Indeed, mate. And also, Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me.
2: Yeah, all good. Thanks, Dan. And yeah, obviously really looking forward to to facing Manchester City again. Um, You know, a really hectic game in in the last meeting. Um, You know, hopefully it can be a better outcome. Um, But obviously if it doesn't, still maybe a good result because that might obviously put the pressure on Arsenal. But uh, let's see what happens. And uh, yeah, looking forward to another weekend of, of Premier League action.
0: Cheers, mate. And also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On podcast